Hello, welcome, 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 glad you're here. Hello, welcome, glad you're here, glad you could make it. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger. Welcome to another live stream. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Glad you could join us. And today we'll be doing our normal shipment report so everyone knows how shipping went this last week. And also, um, I'll be doing an import report and telling you what's coming in. It looks like the import's coming in next week. It's been confirmed. Everything's set up. So as far as I know, it's kind of a sure thing. Now, nothing's really a sure thing these days, but I'll be going over that with you as well. And we'll be getting to the giveaway, giving away a massive, massive clump of Java moss today. So if you need some Java moss, I've got you covered. <laughs> um, checking on volume here real quick and audio and all that. It might be a little hot. I'm going to turn it down just a tad, I think. Audio not good. Okay, how's that? Is that better? Darlene's tanks are we good now. Sound is cracking. Okay, let me try the old unplug plug trick. Um, better now? Sorry, folks. Sometimes, for no reason that I can that I can figure out, every now and then the sound gets funky. So um, we have a crackle. Okay, do we still after I unplugged and plugged back in? Is it still crackly? Sorry, folks. Every now and then. Yep, this is the new mic. This is the same setup as before. Nothing's changed. Audio still spotty. Oh, man. Okay. Hang on real quick. Audio mic. I think... Sorry, guys. i got to check a couple things. Yeah, that's set correctly. Okay. Give me one second. And do one other thing here. Okay, is that any better? Hopefully it's crisp now. Let's see. It sounded like you were talking underwater. <laughs> That's not good. Not good at all. Let's see here. If we have to, we will switch back to the old camera, but I'm hoping it works again. You know, we've had several where it worked just fine. And I haven't changed anything, but hopefully we're okay now. If I could get an audio check. Let's see. They'll tell me in a second. Let's see here. How are we doing audio-wise? Same spottiness. Jeez Louise. Okay. Well, we're not going to spend hours <clears throat> trying to fix that like we did the first time it happened. I'm going to go ahead and switch. It's not going to be as pretty, this other camera, but it'll probably be clear. All right. Hopefully we're better. If folks could let me know, did that fix the problem? I'm hoping that that fixed the problem and that we're all better now. So let me know, let me know, let me know. And then we can finally get the stream going. Sorry, one. This is a bad way to start. It's pretty bad TV, but hopefully we'll be through it in just a minute here. Hopefully this will have fixed it and we can just move on and have a good time. So it is what it is. I don't know what else to say. Um, turn it up maybe just a tad. Yeah, that fixed it. Good to go. Okay. <clears throat> Not sure why. <clears throat> okay, let me 
this old camera out of the way, or the new camera, sorry, out of the way here. Otherwise, I will out of habit look at it instead of the old camera because the new camera is so big it like just demands attention. Well, that's disappointing. <clears throat> okay, we'll move on. Sorry about that, folks. Oh, got to sink myself down. Just that ugly insulation up there. Um, okay, we'll be a little blurry, but here we go. So let's start again. Hey, welcome. I'm your friendly fishmonger, Dan. No, 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 no. Okay, and now here we are. So let me get to the shipment report. It was weird this week. I didn't ship this week. This is the first week in long, long time where I decided, oh, maybe I shouldn't ship because we had a really weird weather thing happen here, which is it got super cold and like snowy and stuff. I woke up this morning and it was 17 degrees outside and um, it's getting colder than that in Casper. So it's like old man winter took his finger and just poked it down the United States and, and tickled Wyoming and Colorado and Utah and Montana and North Dakota and South Dakota and a bit of Nebraska and kind of up over by the Great Lakes kind of just tickled and he'll pull his finger back in a couple days so uh, it'll heat up. But what that meant was this little sliver of the nation was very cold, including Wyoming, where I'm at, and the rest of the nation was really warm. So here it was cold. So I would have needed to put in a heat pack. In Casper, which is where the fish go, um, their next stop in route, when I send them FedEx, it was even colder than here. So heat pack, right? Except for Memphis, Tennessee, where they would go after Casper, was in the 90s. So I couldn't figure out, okay, I can't put in a heat pack because then when they get to Memphis, they're all, they'll overheat. And I can't send them without a heat pack because they'll freeze on my end. So really strange weather pattern. Uh, I just decided it would be, be safer not to ship because I, I couldn't figure out how to keep them at the right temperature with all those extreme temperature swings that they would be experiencing in route. So that's the path, Sheridan, Wyoming, to Casper, Wyoming, to Memphis, Tennessee, and then out wherever they get delivered. That's how uh, FedEx overnight delivery works. So so I don't really have a shipment report for you because I didn't really ship anything. So, yep. <laughs> so let's get to the giveaway. I'll be giving away a bunch of Java Moss if you'd like to enter that and perhaps win. Hashtag Java. I done good, Candy, huh? J-A-V-A. Hashtag Java to enter the, the giveaway. And later on in the stream tonight, we'll do a drawing and... I'll send you some free Java Moss. Pretty cool. Okay. <clears throat> the import coming. Looks like it's coming in next Friday. So Friday of next week, I should receive it. And let me show you what I ordered. I want to give a big caveat here that I almost uh, didn't share this because what happens every time I share a list like this is I end up getting a whole lot of emails of people saying, could I reserve this and could I reserve that and I'll prepay for this and that. And I think that's awesome. I appreciate the excitement. However, just know up front, I don't do any prepaid orders. I, I don't reserve fish or anything like that. Um, just because I ordered the fish doesn't mean they're actually going to arrive. So I don't want someone to pay 
for something and then it not even show up when the order finally lands. Or just because I order the fish and they do arrive doesn't mean they're going to arrive in good shape and be ready to uh, sell anytime soon. Sometimes it can take weeks or months to get fish healthy and ready for sale. Not usually, but it, it can happen. And so I kind of just have this blanket rule of, of no pre-orders. So I'm going to share the list, but please don't email me and say, I'll prepay. I want that one or anything like that because I, I just won't do it. Um, so it ends up wasting, wasting my time and your time. So just upfront, know that. So with that disclaimer, here we go. Here is the list of non-rainbow fish type fish that we're getting in. Some Apisodorus, um, some black rams, some more Corridors equus, some a different species of cory altogether. It's like a panda cory, but with a flag tail. Um, this other one, Gymnochanda filamentosa, let me show you this. This is so neat. Um, oh, I wasn't showing you any of this, was I? Sorry. <laughs> Here's the list. <laughs> In this one, I want to show you. It's a really neat glass fish. The Gymnochanda. Okay, so this is a pure freshwater glass fish. A lot of glass fish have to be in brackish to thrive. This does not. This comes from soft water, no salt or anything like that. And it's very small. I think it gets maybe an inch and a quarter, something like that. And it gets these, the males get these really long, really cool filaments on their fins. The females do not. So let's see if we can find another. This is a pretty good picture here. So I'm bringing in a group of those because I think they're super awesome and I've never seen them in person before. And so I want to bring them in. This Brachiogobius is the true freshwater bumblebee goby. Um, so if you like bumblebee gobies but don't like having to keep a brackish water tank, these should do well for you. Then some really neat gobies, some different um, Sikiopus gobies. I'll, I'll let you guys do the googling on there, but some amazing colors, some neat patterns, and as with all gobies, really neat behavior. Also, something I'm really excited about are these. The Mugil gobius are a species that are endemic to a single lake in Indonesia, and um, they're pure fresh water, and they're really really cool looking. They're, in fact, this one is worth, this one's worth a minute. Check this out. So here they are. Bright yellow goby. Um, it should do well, just fine in pure fresh water. This one as well, really neat. Then another half beak species. This is one that I tried to get last order, but it didn't come in. So I'm trying again. A couple of different species of rice fish. Just something completely different than we can usually get. I have some Matanensis right now that I got in the first order. They're actually doing well. They came in really bad shape. I didn't think any were going to make it. But I have six that have come through, fattened up, and I'm confident are going to be fine. So when I find a few minutes, I'll actually list them for sale. I've just been so busy. I haven't posted any new fish for sale in a while. And then some cool pipefish. Again, pure fresh water. Um, this is why I'm not selling scuds anymore. I've been 
raising a whole bunch of scuds. So I had plenty of food for these guys. They're going to need live food when they first get in. And they will then be, you can kind of train them to eat frozen mice, shrimp and things like that. But when they first come in, it's super important to have tons of live food for them. So really neat pipe fish, pure fresh water again. Hopefully they do well. This is a risky one. Um, Pipefish are very delicate. I'm impressed with this um, supplier shipping. So I was willing to risk it after seeing how well they did on the last shipment. But it's a gamble. <laughs> one of the neat uh, peppermint gouramis, which is a, a predatory gourami. So a gourami with a big mouth, neat species. And then a couple plecos. The plecos that uh, I got in are doing fantastic. The people that I've sold them to, as far as I can remember, correct me here if I'm wrong, anybody, and forgot, but as far as I remember, they're doing great for everybody. So I'm going to go ahead and, and gamble a bit and try two different species, um, the black dragon cactus and the sunshine pleco. And then some shodeni puffers as well. So that is what, oops, of course, I wasn't even on the screen. Sorry. Anyway, you guys have seen it. If not, you can pause it on the replay and, and see everything. Um, so that's the list of fish that are non-rainbows uh, that we're bringing in. And um, let's see, what else we got? Any, Kayla's Aquatics is asking, any African black tetras yet? Unfortunately, no, not yet. Um, so I, I spoke with my supplier in Nigeria a couple weeks ago now, I think, and it hasn't been long. I think two weeks is about right. And they're still shut down. Um, the government still has the country shut down, so there's no flights leaving. Um, at that time, they said maybe September, maybe October, but he said they've been saying that every month. Like last time it was maybe July, maybe August. So I don't know when Africa is going to come through for me. And um, that species I didn't see available this time on from this supplier. Okay, let's get to the rainbow fish. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of hit these really quick and you guys can pause and, and look over them uh, if you want to Google them or whatever. But um, the first one is just some Furcata rainbows. And, and by the way, I know some of these scientific names are outdated and, and all this. Uh, I'm just taking the the supplier's list and pasting it here for you to see. I'm not, I didn't correct anything or whatever. So, um, oh wait, I'm kind of to the side of the screen here cause this is a new, this is the other camera. Okay, some more of the Atinjo Bosmani cause people really like those and been asking for more. Same with the Avas Creek. Some Tenalis, Pseudomugil Tenalis, Herbal Axorodi, which is one of the prettiest rainbows ever. Um, a new species of Pseudomugil from Collection Point Mamika. Some Luminatus, some Ivan Safai, some Gertrude from Dekai. Uh, lots of people wanted those. Those sold out super fast and a lot of people missed out. So I'm bringing more in for those folks. Um, Pseudomugil signifer, but from a specific collection point called Gap Creek. Pseudomugil paluticola. Those, again, sold out like within a day, I think, and a lot of people missed out. So trying to get some more of the Pseudomugils. And then I'll just kind of let you guys look at all these glossolepis and chilotherina and melanotania and stuff. 
And in a second, I'll scroll down and you can see the rest rather than read out all the names. Okay, so that's first group. Let me go down here. Here is, this should be, yeah, that's the second group right there. So I'll just leave it there for a moment so you guys can catch up. I am trying to get some more um, Galaxy Rasboras, and I brought in Celebes Rainbows because these are wild caught from a collection point. So I'll find out um, what the collection point is exactly and should be able to get you some you know, nice specific Celebes Rainbows instead of the traditional kind of uh, mix of locations we have in the hobby available right now. So, that is what is coming in. I think Friday. Pretty darn sure. As sure as I can be that it'll happen Friday. Also, this, this weekend, something cool is happening. So, by the way, that's Friday of next week, the 17th. Um, this weekend, the 13th, I'm going to have the Fish Fam KOA Fish Fam camping group here. So, I'm excited to meet all you and see you folks again and uh, catch up with everybody and hang out. So I'll be cooking for you. We'll have some, hopefully the weather's nice. If the weather's nice, I'll do some barbecue for you and we'll have a nice spread outside and you guys can go hang out in the fish room and I'll give you a tour and all that. Um, if the weather's bad, then we'll just cram into my living room, I guess, and order pizza. I don't know, but um, I'm excited to see you this weekend. I think looking at the weather, I think we're going to warm up uh, kind of by this weekend. So hopefully it won't be so cold and stuff. And it, hopefully it's still people are still coming. Uh, the weather was weird this week, but I think we'll have an OK weekend. So hope to see you. Um, and I think for now, that's that's all I've got. So I'm about to turn over to your questions and comments and try to respond to everybody that has a question for me. Um, to do that, what I need is for you to type at Fish so that it highlights for me in this nice bright orange box that you see in the chat over here, because that's what I look for when I'm looking for comments to reply to. I just look for bright orange boxes and I skip pretty much everything else because a lot of what the other stuff is just folks chatting among each other and, and having conversations among themselves. And I don't want to like read for five minutes looking for a comment directed at me. So I, I only typically only look at the highlighted things unless I happen to, my eye happens to, you know, catch your non-highlighted question or comment. So that's how we manage the chat. Also, posting your question or comment multiple times over and over is not going to get me to get to it any quicker. It's just going to annoy my mods and they'll put you in timeout. So um, I'll, I'll go down the chat and when I get to your question or comment, I'll respond to it. If for some reason I've passed your question or comment and I have not responded and I legitimately missed it, like chat jumped on me and I didn't see it or something, then feel free to post it again. But please don't just spam the chat over and over again with your question or comment because uh, we've been getting that a lot. So mods will be on the lookout for that and might be putting people in timeout that do that. Okay, so with that being said, I'm going to scroll up and try to get to as many people as I can uh, tonight. DC Kyle says, good to go. Audio is good. Cool. That, yes, 
we fixed it. Sorry, the first couple of minutes are going to be a little boring for those watching on the replay, but uh, you already know that by now. So, <laughs> Michael Brandle, how is the weather doing going to affect the company once you're fully up and running? Do you expect periods that no shipping will occur due to weather in your area? I don't think so. Um, cold weather is typically not a problem for me. So I almost always ship even when it's really cold because I have the proper insulation and heat packs and equipment to do that. It's only a problem when a freak thing happens like this did where just a small portion of the country is cold, my portion, and everywhere else is hot. Because when that freak thing happens, there's no way to stabilize temperature of the fish. I think since 2011 when I moved here, um, from California. It was quite a shock weather-wise, but I think since 2011 when I moved here, I can count on one hand the number of days when I haven't been able to ship due to weather. So it might happen very occasionally, but I don't think it'll happen any more than you would experience typically in other parts of the nation. This is going to sound a little weird, but I actually consider living in a cold part of the country generally to be an advantage. Here's what I mean by that. If I live in Florida and I'm trying to sell fish online and it gets to be the fall and up in Michigan, it's really cold, but in Florida, it's still super hot. It's difficult to ship because I can't put in a heat pack because the fish will bake on my side until they get out of Florida. And I can't put in a cold pack because then the fish will freeze when they get to say Michigan or wherever. So if you're, if you're living, if you live in the South and you're trying to ship to the North during the cold periods, when you're still warm, that's a real conundrum. That's hard to figure out, but I'm typically colder than the rest of the nation. There's very few places colder than me. Let's just say there are a few. So typically what that means is if I'm shipping somewhere cold to somewhere, um, from somewhere cold to somewhere a little warmer, I can just put in a smaller heat pack that doesn't heat as much and burns out quicker. So usually I can do that. I couldn't do that in this case because the temperature difference was really high. It's usually not like that. Usually Memphis isn't like 90 degrees when I'm down at, you know, 17 degrees. That almost never happens. So usually I can put in a cold pack and it's fine here and it's fine in in, or I mean a heat pack and it's fine here and fine in Memphis. So it's easier to ship from cold weather to warm weather places than vice versa. So that's my long winded way, Michael, of answering your question. The other problem with this weather system is cold to Memphis. And then lots of the packages were going to go back to cold areas. Uh, Michigan was pretty cold. Um, that, that whole section around the Great Lakes. Um, Utah was cold. Um, and so how do you plan for a fish that's going to bounce from cold to hot to cold? So, yeah, it was a little tricky. And, and people were kind of, the weather people were like, this could be really bad. Things could be shut down. It just didn't seem like a smart time to ship. But again, almost never happens. Orange cones, thank you for caring about the fish. Oh, you're welcome. I, I, I just assume that everyone that is like in this stream or on YouTube watching fish videos or whatever kind of cares about fish. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise what are we doing here, right? So yeah, of course, it, it's 
I don't know how to do it any other way. And I assume everyone here kind of is the same. So thanks to all of you for caring as well. And I mean that the more you care, the more other people get interested and are helped out and the more the hobby thrives. And when the hobby thrives, the industry thrives and my business thrives. So the novice aquarist, do you ever get rainbow shiners? I can't locate any. I have a sad tale about rainbow shiners. Yes, I, I can get them in. Um, I did on the last import. They came in great and they were great. And I was just about to list them for sale and they got something in my tanks. Um, I think it was a little bit of ick. No problem. I'll just keep them. I'll just keep them for a couple weeks longer and treat the ick and make sure they're okay. Okay. So that was the plan. So I did that, went to list them again. And I think I actually did list them for, for a little while. And then saw something like one of them was just acting a little strange. So what was it? Like it didn't go right for the food, something. I can't remember exactly, but one of them was acting a little strange. So I got in there and I looked and I saw this protozoan. You can't really see it as a thing. You can kind of just tell a tiny little sheen. So some kind of protozoan on this fish. So I was like, oh, I guess I can't sell them yet. So I um, moved them back out of the inventory. Uh, luckily, I hadn't sold any yet noticed before I sold any and did my best to treat them. Um, it would kind of go away and come back and go away and come back. So there were like three or four times when I was about ready to list them and then it would come back. So finally not being able to treat it by the, the normal medicines, um, which would be things like ICX and Prozzi, uh, things like that. I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. This obviously isn't working. So I tried a copper treatment because they were to the point where either they were going to start dying off in large numbers if they didn't get treatment, if I didn't figure it out, or, um, or the copper would work. Unfortunately, I, I tried the copper. It didn't work. I, I lost them all. So I did try to get rainbow shiners for you guys. And uh, I don't think it's the supplier. I think there was something in that tank that they were super sensitive to and I just couldn't figure out how to treat it in time. So I tried and I'm sorry and I hate having to say that. That's one of the fish that I got the most emails about and comments about that people were most excited about. And I was excited to give them to you because that's a fish I've kept in bread in the past and I really like. Um, but it didn't work out this time. So I will try again probably next time I bring an order in from this supplier, because I don't think this was their fault. I think this one was on me somehow. I just had no clue because the fish that, so I, they quarantined and everything. And then the fish they were with had been great in that tank for months. And so I thought they'd all get along and be fine, but it didn't work. So if you want to locate some of the novice, of course, I would suggest Saks Aquaculture S-A-C-H, I think, aquaculture, or Jonah's Aquarium. The nice thing about Sachs aquaculture is he used to have, and maybe he still does, I just haven't looked in a long time. He used to have the Cahaba strain, uh, which is one of the prettiest. So they're worth checking out. Danacoon Aquatics, all the fish that were there when I visited were top-notch, very healthy and amazing. Dan loves his fish. Thanks, Danakin. Um, 
this must be Ken because Danny hasn't been here yet. I think she's coming this weekend. So, yeah, I mean, I, I try. I try. But there's always that. I, I haven't broken it down to a percentage because I just haven't done that math yet. But there's that every now and then something happens. And what can you do? Like you do your best. And it's a bummer, especially when it's something everybody wants. But it is what it is sometimes. Canvas Aquatics. Oh, already got that one about the black African tetras. Zach Billings. Want to do a cool water hill stream tank? Any good goby for that? Yes. Um, I have to be honest with you. These are new species for me. All these uh, different cichlopuses and stuff. I don't think that that one is a good one. I don't think the Mugilogobius would be a good one to do that way. Um, but I would, if I was you, I'd, I'd look up these Cicupus, uh species. Um, or Cicupterus, this one. And, and check their temperature tolerance. I'm not familiar enough with them. I've never kept most of these species of gobies, so I can't really tell you. I do have some rhinogobius that would be excellent for a cool water tank. I have rhinogobius um, rubro maculatus right now, and I have some white-cheeked rhinogobius as well. I think it's duosphilus, if I remember the species name correctly, something like that. One of the white-cheeked species. Um, so the rubro maculatus are on the website. They're amazing. They're pretty rare and hard to come by. So they're a little pricey. The white cheeks I have not listed yet. So if you want them, feel free to email me for the white cheeks. If you want some and I'll decide on a price. Um, I've just been too busy to list fish. I've been meeting with a lot of investors. I met with an investor today. Um, we're rocking and rolling on that front. I'm not ready to announce anything yet, but but let's just say that um, I'm meeting with the um, draftsman tomorrow to get the plans drafted and everything because I think we're going to be ready to to take a spade to the dirt pretty quick here and make something happen. Things are things are moving, but um, I don't want to go in more than that because there's some some signatures still required, some things that are still up in the air a bit, um, but. But it's going, it's going better than I could have hoped. Let's put it that way for now. So with all those meetings with potential investors and with contractors and with the um, doing this whole big project, I just haven't had a moment to list new fish. So I'm sorry about that. Isaac Cornstubble, any epistos anytime soon? Not from this supplier. Um, so this supplier doesn't breed their own epistos. They buy them from local breeders around them. And I tried a couple species. They didn't do great. And I'm, I'm still waiting for some of them to be ready to sell all this time later. So I didn't order any more epistos. I'll get more in, but not from this supplier. What I found with the suppliers, anything that they breed themselves, which is a lot of stuff, or anything that they collect themselves, in general, did really, really well. Um, actually, most of the stuff did really, really well. But whoever their cichlid breeder is, they don't agree with with my aquariums. It, it just 
it's not something I want to keep doing. So I'll try with another supplier. Color guppies, can you get the Emerald Dwarf Danios? Emerald Dwarf Danio, is that is that Axel Radai? Is that the one you're talking about? Um, let me see here. Let's take a look. Emerald Dwarf. Oops. Let's do this together. Oops. <laughs> I don't know how to Google. <laughs> Emerald Dwarf. Razbora. Oh, are you talking about Eurythromycon? Yes, yes. I can get Eurythromycon. I don't generally do it, though, because I have a couple times, and they've done okay. It typically takes them a long time to recover from shipping and get ready to sell. One reason is they come in with really pinched bellies. Oh, I'm on the wrong screen. Sorry. And another reason is that that fish comes from a place with really hard alkaline water. My water is generally pretty darn soft. So I think my water is a little difficult on them. So I, I don't tend to order them even though I can get them in. I just think it makes more sense for someone with the water they love to get them because it'll be so much easier for them to recover from, um, from import. So now good news is this new warehouse we're building, I will have access to harder water there. So I should be able to bring in a variety of things, not just softer water stuff. Okay, orange cones, how come my fish boxes are not highlighted in red? Well, that one was. I see it. It's not red, it's orange, but yeah, that's working. Um, there are some like, like when I do that on my Android phone, for some reason it doesn't highlight. There are some devices that it just doesn't work with. Rockford Fish Keeping, many, many new Lumia babies. When you have them for sale again, so I can't get more. <laughs> you got to breed your own so you, don't have, so you don't keep buying them. <laughs> that's, the, that's like my mother-in-law <laughs> did this thing where there was this plate of cookies. And a little while later, all the cookies were gone. I was like, why did you eat all the cookies? Is so they stopped tempting me. It's like the same thing. <laughs> Why are you breeding so many Limia? So I don't have to buy more? <laughs> That's funny. Vranid guy, have you seen the phase 22 cryopacks? They work great for shipping reptiles. Keep the cool temps. Yeah, 73 to 78. You can preheat or pre-cool them. So I have seen them. I'm familiar with them. Um, and I've tried them and they didn't work well for me. So they work great for herps because you're not putting reptiles and stuff in water, right? So it's a lot easier for a cryopack to keep atmosphere, air, temperature stable than water. Water has a pretty high specific heat and it takes a lot of energy to keep water warm or to cool it off, to change its temperature. So what happens with, I found with the cryopacks with fish is they just don't have the oomph to combat the specific heat of water. Now, I think they work fine in really mellow weather situations, but anytime where it's really cold outside, they don't keep the heat, and when it's really hot outside, they don't keep the cold. That's what I experienced, and I did lots of tests with them and uh, would measure temperatures after a certain amount and certain temperatures, ambient temperatures and all that, and it just didn't work. I like the idea, but I think they're better for reptiles than fish. Ozzy Soto, Dan, will my harlequin razzabores lay eggs 
on other plants than Anubias? Sure. Yeah. When fish are feeling randy, there's really no stopping them, uh, like especially rasboras and tetras and stuff. So um, they'll breed on swords. They'll breed on. I mean, I've seen them breed on like a piece of plastic in an aquarium just because there was nothing else. And they were their instincts were saying now. Right. So they don't have a lot of impulse control. They'll go wherever. I've had tetras spawn on bare glass like fish like that will generally spawn when they when conditions are <laughs> they'll generally spawn where they can victoria artist hey look at that five dollars thank you so much always great to catch a stream thanks dan i've been getting a tank ready for which one indian mud skippers any idea where i might be able to get them from um the only place that I know of that's had any recently was Exotic Aquatics, Priscilla MK Art had some. I don't know if they were Indian or African. I think they were Indian because those are the smaller ones, if I remember right. Um, but no, I, I honestly don't know of anyone that has any available. But I saw some at her store a little while ago. And it was so cute. It like jumped in her hand. I, I filmed the video when I was there. I just haven't had a chance to edit it and get it out. Thanks. One day. Okay. John Cox. And any dance fish and any other. I got a mystery fish from an LSF. I asked for three pygmy quarries and I got two and this fish. I raised bettas before and once it colored up, I thought it was a juvenile betta. Cool. I mean... Not cool that you didn't get what you bought, but cool if you got a got a bet out of the deal. <laughs> if you want to post some pictures at um, the Get Gills Facebook group, then I'm sure a lot of people will chime in and, and help identify it for you if we know what it is. John Cop, it has an upper and midline brownish stripe, but now has a blue eye. Any ideas? I, I need a picture or video, John. A clear picture video. I can't do it off a description. Darren Atia. That's what I'm going with. Darren Atia. Hi, Dan. I, I've never, I know this, I know that name. That, I read it all the time on Get Gills. Datine F1. I probably butchered it. I apologize. Can I do a giveaway as well? Yes, absolutely. Uh, what would you like to give away? And as long as there's no expense to the winner, we can throw it on and do two giveaways tonight. That would be great. So let me know what you want to do. And um, as long as you're willing to ship it for free to whoever wins, let's do it. That sounds good. That's always fun when that happens. And by the way, congrats on your store on Get Gills. I, I see some action there. So. All right, chat jumped. I'm just scrolling. Okay, hang on. Finding it, finding it. Almost there, almost there, and... Wait, so sorry to hear you hurt yourself, Pam. Did Punchy Paints get injured? I'm pretty behind. I've been, been overwhelmed, honestly, with fundraising, the import, and just keeping up with what I have to do, but... I'm so sorry to hear that if that's what happened. 
Orange Gones, if I help you list things, will you fill up my 40-gallon breeder with chili rasboras? <laughs> you know, I did list them, and they sold out pretty quick. I mean, we have a few left, but they're almost gone. Isaac Cornstubble, I'm on a hunt right now for an Episto, more, perf- more preferably hunting for some Agazizii. Gotcha. If anyone here has Epistogramma Agazizii, would you let Isaac Cornstubble know? And let's just check, get gills, because often that's one that we can find. Well, I'll just do a pisto. Hongsloy, Viejita, um, McMasteri, Cockatoides. Oh, nope. Well, I'm sorry, I don't have any at this time that I can help you out with. Okay, Chandra Sakar, what frozen food do you use for fish tanks? Oh, um, frozen bloodworms, frozen brine shrimp, frozen mysis shrimp. When I have a big boom of fruit flies from my cultures, I'll feed fruit flies and, and, and I'll freeze fruit flies. <laughs> Talking's hard. <laughs> I will freeze fruit flies and feed them. I'll do the same with excess baby brine shrimp I hatch, things like that. But um, I'd say it's mostly, yeah, mostly mysis shrimp. Freshwater PE mysis is the one I like. It's a pure freshwater mysis shrimp, and it's fairly small compared to a lot of mysis. It's fairly small. Um, brine shrimp and bloodworms. Now, I will say something about the brine shrimp and bloodworms, which is I've found over the years that Hikari is the best brand. I say that because they just tend to have a higher quality product. Um, when you, I always thaw the frozen food before I feed it to my fish. So I'll put it in a bucket of water and let it thaw out. And I'll rinse it out a couple times before I feed it to my fish because I don't want to dump all that gunk in the tanks, right? And I've just noticed that Hikari, they thaw out in a rinse or two, they're done. San Francisco Bay and lots of the other brands I've tried, I'm continually rinsing and it takes forever for the water to clear. So I would recommend Hikari if you're looking for a brand. And I'm not paid to say that. I I have no deal with them or anything. It's just over the years, that's what I've noticed. I am Sugar Hill. Please clarify something for me. Are scuds good at controlling hair algae? Yes, Scuds will eat every kind of algae that adheres to a surface, as far as I've seen. Now, there might be some kind of algae that I haven't had in my tanks yet, but any kind of surface algae, algae that attaches to something um, that I've had in my fish room, the scuds will eat. They will not eat green water because it's not attached. It's just free free floating microorganisms in the water column. But everything else, as far as I know, I mean, has anyone here encountered an algae that scuds wouldn't eat for you? I'd be interested in knowing that. But yeah, they eat everything as far as I can tell. Oh, I meant why are my boxes you ship out to me not highlighted in orange, says Orange Cones. It's because you didn't put Ad Dan's fish when you ordered. They didn't turn orange. What can I tell you? <laughs> Igor Anonymous. Yes. Because I screwed it up last week, I think. If you can get a pistol hong, oh, I was going to say hongzlei, but hongnii? 
Me and Cyclist 23 have been searching for them. Let me look at that. So I will say there are several epistos. Okay, it's not, I can't, I'm trying to grab it to copy it, but it won't let me. Epistogramma Hoganei? That's what I'm just not very familiar with. Oh, yes, I am. Now that I see the picture. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. These are gorgeous. Now, I can get several epistos um, from suppliers uh, in South America, but that's probably going to have to wait till the warehouse is up and running before I attempt something like that. So epistos are, here's one reason you don't get epistos a lot in the hobby. There's very few, first of all, that are bred in any quantity. You've got McMaster eye, you have Cockatoides, you have uh, Agazizii, you have Borrelii, maybe a couple more species that are bred in quantity. So, so they're available. But the other reason is epistols are pretty aggressive to each other, a lot of species. And so if you bring in a bunch of epistols and you put them in a tank, in a few days you can have a bunch of torn up epistols. It doesn't always happen, but there are a lot of species that are pretty darn aggressive. And so I think that's one reason that they're just not as available because if someone's going to bring in a box of epistos, they better have a lot of tanks to spread them out in, a lot of decor in the tanks and hiding places and light of sight blocks and all that. The ones that are mass produced in, in captivity can still be like that, but not nearly as much because they've been raised in captivity so many generations that they're a little more mild. But it is difficult to bring in groups of epistos and house them in a way that they're going to be okay and do well until the time they're sold. So they can be a little tricksy. T-Shot, are you still thinking about putting some electric blue cars in the tank behind you? Yes, I, I decided I'm going to do it. And I've been decided for a few weeks now. And every time I walk by the Episto tank, the Episto, the electric blue Acara tank, I'm like, I got to grab some of those, but I'm busy. And I'm like, I'll do it as soon as I finish this thing. And I it just haven't got to it. But yeah, I think I'm going to put about six of them in here. I'll try for three males and three females. They're a little hard to, to sex for me, but I'll try. See what happens. I think I think they'll kind of round that tank out nicely. Karen K, have you heard of guppies harassing apple snails? Mine love to pick of the snails. Yeah, so guppies aren't mean, but they're so over inquisitive that they'll harass just about anything eventually. <laughs> yeah, yes, they'll the little antenna that stick up. They're just so curious. They'll nibble. Um. <clears throat> Steve the biologist, well, I now know what word I'm using for my seminar on genetic modification. When the fish are feeling frank. <laughs> what would Frank Gallagher do? T-Shot, congrats on your success. Well deserved. Keep it up. Yeah, we're rolling. Like, I'm, I'm I can't get too far into the details. Um, and there's still a possibility at this stage when the ink's not dry that um, the next week I could be like, oh, never mind, it all fell through, right? So I don't, I don't want to get into too much of it, but things are moving. I'm very excited, and I, I, that's, I should keep it there. And until I shouldn't say anything more until certain things are solidified. Um, 
But thank you. Yes, I'm, I am. I couldn't be happier with how it's gone over the last few weeks. Okay. Caitlin Harris, any idea why there seems to be a shortage of pea puffers? My LFS has been having trouble getting them ordered. Caitlin, there's been a shortage of fish in general. And it just, it, okay. Blaming things on COVID has become so trite and cliche these days that it's almost painful to say this. But in this case, it's true. In my own experience, bringing fish in is pretty difficult. There are so few flights coming in still, like due to the COVID-19, right? And all the restrictions and people not traveling as much and all that. So, so here's how we get our fish, especially pea puffers. I don't know anyone in the United States, including the Florida farms, correct me if I'm wrong, but no, no one that I know of is breeding pea puffers on a commercial scale in the United States. So we have to get them from breeders overseas or collectors preferably breeders. There are people breeding them in quantity. So that means that we have to import them. Here's how fish get to us when we import. A bunch of people get on a plane, right? And decide to fly to the United States from Indonesia or Thailand or India or, or whatever, okay? There's space under that plane where they ship cargo. If people are not flying to the United States, there's no planes moving for the cargo to go on. It's not like when you import fish that there's this separate airplane for just cargo that they go in and they're shipped that way. No, it's people are traveling and the cargo moves with the people. So now that so few people are traveling and there's so few flights, there's a lot of demand, like a lot of people are trying to get their goods moved and very, very little supply. So what we have to do is bid. So we place a bid saying, I want to ship these fish this date. This is my bid. If someone comes in and, and says, I'll pay more and, and puts in a, a higher bid amount, you can't go. You have to wait till the next time. And it takes, it's, uh, yeah, there's just so few things so few vehicles moving around the world and so many things that need to get on those vehicles that it makes it difficult. So I, I think I can truly say that a lot of people are having trouble getting fish because there's so few flights because of COVID right now. Punchy paints. Yes, I fell down like an idiot. Arm either sprained or broken. Oh, Pam, I'm so sorry. Well, I hope you heal up soon and I hope I can still see you this weekend. If not, I understand, like do what you got to do to get better, but I'll be super bummed if I miss you this weekend because you felt like an idiot. <laughs> so insensitive. <laughs> I couldn't resist. No, I, I hope you get better soon. <clears throat> Jeffrey Cunningham, favorite places to buy frozen food online? Well, it used to be Dr. Foster's and Smith. I don't have a favorite place that's open to the public anymore. I used to be able to buy frozen food at Dr. Foster's and Smith for comparable rates to what I could get them wholesale. And I liked Dr. Foster's and Smith, so I supported them and bought my fish food there. Um, my frozen food, usually. I would say that you could try um, Ken's Fish. Ken's Fish used to have a ton of reliable, high-quality frozen food, and I bought lots from them. Then it got a little weird. Uh, they, they started expanding in other areas, and 
they started running out of stock and, and all that. Now they're focused back. So I haven't bought a lot of frozen food from Ken's Fish recently, but if it's anything like it used to be, um, then, then it was a pretty good company to work with at the time. Okay. Okay, I'm scrolling because chat did its jumpy jumps again. And, okay, just a moment. Looking for Pam's comment. So I know where I'm at. Okay, sorry again, Pam. Hope you heal up soon. Jeffrey Cunningham, favorite places to buy frozen foods online. I just did that one. Aaron, on the hunt for multis, any ideas? Yeah, I think there's multis right now on Get Gills. There were recently. Let's see. Um, what is that? Multifasciatus? I'll just do multi. Yeah. So there are, looks, looks like 412 Cichlids has plenty for sale. So check them out. Okay, Montana AIDS, would you say wimple piranhas are still a relatively rare fish? I would say that you don't see them in people's tanks very often. When I think of a fish as being rare, I think of it as a fish that I have to, f to hunt to find a supplier for. Yeah, I would say relatively rare. I don't see them on supply lists very often. So I think that's I think that's a correct statement, depending on your, you know, your definition of rare. But yeah, DC Kyle, are there any plans for bringing in more varieties of killifish? Yes, um, that's one reason I placed a large import with Nigeria. Unfortunately, due to COVID, I haven't been able to receive it yet. But killifish are my true passion, my first love. And um, I'm working hard to get more in. When Africa is shut down, it's kind of hard to get killifish. I mean, there's a few species I can get from South American things, but what people really want are mostly aphiosimians, fundalopanchaks, things like that. So we're talking about West African species. And right now it's, it's just... It's not moving. So I do try DC Kyle. Um, I'll keep trying. New Mexico Aquatics, please discuss how you keep and propagate your Java moss. How do you keep algae from destroying it? Little Bobby. Okay, good question. So um, in general, I haven't over the years had problems with Java moss. Every now and then they'll get an infestation of algae. I don't know what always causes it. And when it happens, I just take my clump of java moss, I put it in my scud tank. The scuds eat all the algae. I take the clump of java moss, put it back in the aquarium. The fish eat the scuds, right? But that doesn't happen all that often. I think the secret is to have something that uptakes a lot of nutrients. So what I do is I have water sprite floating on the top of the aquarium. Water Sprite grows super quick, sucks up a ton of nutrients, and generally, not always, but generally outcompetes algae. So Water Sprite helps keep a tank algae-free. Then I have the Java Moss on the bottom of the aquarium. Java Moss does not need a lot of light, and it doesn't need a ton of nutrients. So it kind of just sits there under the Water Sprite and, and grows slow and steady. 
And because the water sprite is uptaking so many nutrients, we're not getting a ton of algae issues. So that's kind of how I do it. But every now and then, algae will happen, and that's what I use the scuds for. So now if you keep java moss in with the scuds too long, they will absolutely munch it down till it's little strings with no leaves on it. But that takes quite a long time. So if you put it in there for a few days, they'll have cleared off the vast majority of the algae and you can put it back in your tank. T-Shot, how do you sex electric blue acaras? Well, they're not very sexually dimorphic, so it's kind of difficult, but males get bigger and generally have longer streamers on them. And that's how I tell. So nothing really 100% accurate that I know of. Uh, if someone else has a tried and true, like here's how you know for sure method, please let us know. But for me, I just go off kind of size and look for long streamers on the dorsal fin. Rockford Fishkeeping, what do you think of Little Red Riding Hood Shrimp? The Davidi? Um, so isn't that a cherry shrimp? Let me look. And there's so many different ones. Hang on, I, I don't know a ton about shrimp, but let me make sure that I know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so... So David I is, is the shrimp that cherry shrimp and all the other ones, I, I believe, is made out of. So um, I like them. I don't know the little red riding hood variety of that shrimp or breed or color morph or whatever you want to call it. But cherry shrimp in general are fantastic. When, when you have trouble keeping shrimp alive and breeding them and stuff, generally, if you go back to cherry shrimp, you'll, you'll be okay. So... As long as they haven't been super inbred to get that red riding hood color and therefore haven't have degraded or whatever, I would think they'd probably be as hardy as a normal cherry shrimp. But I know nothing about shrimp. So <laughs> if they're like a hundred bucks each and I just told you that, so you went and bought them, don't do that. <laughs> HC Aqua, for your Betaforcia, what is the color of the males in breeding dress? So the males get, um, I would call it maroon in breeding dress with those bright gold operculum stripes on their, uh, on their operculum. So let me see if I can find a picture that represents what I see when they color up in my tanks. So what I thought they would be like was this kind of blue green color. They're not like that for me, not this strain. They look like this a lot. But this is one that isn't colored up or anything and is probably feeling stressed. Um, when they settle in, I'm not really seeing one that looks like mine. Shoot. Well, I might have to describe it. Um, when they settle in, they look a lot like this. But, and they do have some of the blue iridescence, but what, what comes through mostly is like a maroon color on the body and fins next to that operculum. And this operculum isn't showing, let's see if I can find one that actually, yeah, like the operculum really is nice and bright. This I think has been color touched up a little bit, but something like this where it's kind of, you can really see it from far away. It does get like that. So that against the maroon looks really nice. So I, I guess that's the best way I can answer that since I can't really find a picture that is similar to mine. I'm not sure why. One dirty platy, I love that name. Any ideas 
any idea how to sex a panda gara? No, as a juvenile. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't know how to sex them when they're little. Chattanooga Ed. Uh-oh, here we go. Punching me in the face with a $5 fox cat. Ed, good to see you. Thanks so much. Darren, hi, Dan. I'd like to give away a pair of albino millennium rainbow fish. Oh, that's awesome. Should have made that the thumbnail. I love that fish. These, these are fantastic. Okay. I'm sure people know what they look like, but in case you don't, we're talking about these. They are bright and beautiful. I love them. I've always liked them. Most fish I don't like as well in the albino form. These are an exception. They look really nice in the wild form, but in the wild form, I'm, but in the albino form, like they, they're, look at that. They glow like the sun. I think that is an amazing giveaway, Darren. Um, those aren't cheap either. So thank you so much. A pair, I'm assuming male and female, albino millennium rainbow fish. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it right now. We're going to give those away right now. So the first winner tonight, and I'll do the Java Moss later, but the winner of a pair of albino millennium rainbow fish provided by Darren. Um, thank you so much. Let me, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do the winner. Then I'll show your store. Um, to thank you for doing that, is Jeff Chambers. Awesome. I couldn't think of a nicer guy for this to happen to. Jeff Chambers, you have won a pair of albino millennium rainbow fish. Now, I know that folks that entered were expecting Java moss, not rainbow fish. So Jeff, if you don't have tank space or you just can't take them or it's not going to work for you, um, let me know. In that case, you'll be the winner of the Java moss and we'll do the albino millennium pair later. So um, you've won the albino millennium rainbow fish if you can take them. If you can't, then you've won some Java moss. So just let us know and we'll make that happen for you. Let's see if Jeff is here. Come on down, Jeff. I hope you're here. Jeff has been attending for a long time. So it's really nice when I see someone subscribe since May 3rd, 2018. Yeah, yeah. Year and a half-ish, well, a year and a few months. So it's nice when I see someone that's been around a while. Yeah, no thanks. I really wanted the moss. Okay, so Jeff Chambers, you have won the moss. I will send that to you. And we'll do a different giveaway for the albino millennium rainbow fish. So hang on, let me get a pen. So that the next drawing will only be someone who really wants the millennium rainbow fish. Um, Jeff chambers hang on let me staring at text that's no fun jeff chambers <laughs> not that my face is much better <laughs> uh one java moss i've got a big clump to send you okay cool so let's get back to giveaways thanks so much jeff that's awesome so now Let's see here. We'll do, I'll, no, we'll just do rainbow. So now if you would like to win the albino millennium rainbow fish, if you type in hashtag rainbow, R-A-I-N-B-O-W, then we'll draw those a little later. And we'll know that that's what, that, that you are able to take them and all that because you'll have entered with that hashtag instead. That'll make it a little, a little clearer. Darren, 
again, thank you. I think that's an amazing, amazing giveaway. I see that Aaron left a super chat, but as, oh, good. Nope. I see it's 199. Thank you. I can't read a comment or see a picture or anything yet. So I'll get to you in a bit. Sorry about that. Just sometimes YouTube acts up. Okay. Oh, there it is. $1.99 with a thumbs up. Well, thank you. Right back at you. I appreciate the super chat. Always appreciate it. Never required, but it does make the wife uh, super happy. Chandra Sakar, do you like Furin 2 instead of Metro from Fitz? No, I don't like it instead. They're, that's like comparing apples and pineapples. Um, two completely different medicines for, for completely different things. So it's not that I like one better than the other. It's that if I'm treating... Um, certain kinds of parasites and things, I'll use Metro. If I'm treating, say, gram-negative bacteria, then I'll use nitrofurazone, which is the ingredient in furin-2, mixed with canamycin. So that's generally my start for an antibiotic. And from there, sometimes it doesn't work and I have to try in something else. But I found furin-2, or not furin-2, the brand necessarily, but nitrofurazone, which is the active ingredient in furin-2, unless I'm vastly mistaken. Um, fact check me if I'm wrong, but anyway, nitrofurazone mixed with canamycin to be a very good antibiotic for gram-negative bacteria. In Metro to work for several different uh, parasites and protozoans and things. So one's not better than the other, they're, they're completely different. So it's kind of like saying, is penicillin better than Advil? Well, they, they treat totally different things. Like penicillin will treat an infection and Advil will help with, I don't know, joint pain or something. So, yeah. Alrighty. How big do the rainbows get? Um, millennium rainbows? at least four inches do they go to they get five or six off the top of my head i don't know does anyone here have a big full-grown millennium rainbow could you tell us how big it got i'm guessing five inches but the thing with me is often when i keep fish i'm keeping them to sell and so i usually sell them before they've been here for three years and got you know super big there's a few exceptions like uh like the big roseline barb and a couple other things but most things i sell out before i before i experience them in all their full-grown glory true ltd so many dangerous predators in the amur river in russia would cause a lot of damage to our native waterways yeah i mean they could take our cold temperatures for sure yep Fishkeeper Ali, any suggestions on keeping Corydoras catfish eggs? So Ali, I have an entire video on, on uh, breeding and raising catfish. So I'd refer you to that, to Corydoras. Takes you through from spawning, to collecting the eggs from the aquarium, to incubating the eggs, to raising the fry, uh, until they're about, I don't know, half an inch or so. So it's a long series video. Um, so take a look, and then if you have questions after viewing that, uh, let me know. Okay, so I forgot to mention Jeff Chambers. If you would just send me an email with your first and last name and your mailing address and say I won the Java Moss, then I'll send that to you. Uh, probably send it out on Tuesday for Wednesday arrival. 
or it's a plant. I might ship it a little slower. Plants can go. The plants don't have to be overnight, but I'll, I'll respawn and <laughs> get that all taken care of. Rockford Fishkeeping, how big do the rainbows get? Um, hopefully someone has answered that by now. I'll, I'll know in a few minutes when I finally catch up. <laughs> how are we doing? 201 viewers. Not too bad. Thanks for being here, everybody. I appreciate you spending your Wednesday evening here at Dan's Fish. Okay, got a lot of rainbow entries. Kids Aquatics, thanks for posting a link to my store. If folks want to see what I have available for sale, there it is. Fishkeeper Alley. Okay, what's the video called? I don't know. If you if you put in Dan's Fish and Corridors, I'm sure it'll pop up. Or someone will probably link it below. I don't remember the title. Like a video I made two or three years ago. I, I can't remember. Um, okay. Let's see here. I think I left a bunch of people hanging. I am sorry about that. Yeah. So, guys, chat jumped a ton and I can't get back up. So, if I missed your question or comment, please post it again. So, now would be the time. Now is when you do post it again, right? <laughs> if I missed it. So, yeah. Holy cow. What is going on with VJ? Wow. Hang on. What is, what is this person doing? If VJ's being too bad, and I can't really tell from just this, but mods, if VJ's really being disruptive, just feel free to take care of that problem forever. Oh, you did. Good. Candy took care of it. Knew she would. Chandra Sakar, what are your meds in quarantine for internal, external parasites? I was, see, first of your series, but the second part was missing. Oh, it was? Um, internal and external parasites. Um, there's a lot of them. But some kind of formalin-based ick medicine that could be Hikari Ickx or um, Mardell Fritz Quick Cure, Metronidazole, Praziquantol. Those are good base. Others you can do are um, Flubendazole and Levamisole. So depending on what you're trying to treat, I think the best thing to do would be to, if you're really trying to figure out more about medicine, is if you can sign up for the Aquarium Vet internet conference, you can go to the aquariumvet.com and they have this conference they do where um, actual veterinarians talk about fish diseases and fish care and fish medicines and things like that. And you'll in those presentations, there'll often be a chart that lists Here's the medicines and here's the right doses. Um, the last one they did was all about parasites. And there were lists of the different parasites and the different medicines that are effective treatments for those parasites. So we tend to think, I don't know, I don't know why, but, but we tend to think of fish medicine as something to treat any sick fish. It's like, my fish is sick, I'll treat it with... I don't know, ick right? Why? Because it's acting sick. 
okay, does it have an external parasite? I don't know, it's acting sick, and so I put in the fish medicine, right? And where we're trying to get, and I'm still trying to get there too, this is by no means a finger wag. This isn't that. Where we're trying to get is figuring out, okay, I've at least narrowed it down to probably an external parasite or internal parasite or bacterial infection, some general thing. Um, and so I'm going to use a medicine that treats the thing I think it is, right? Or better yet, okay, I see something there. Um, I'm going to actually do a little research and see if I can narrow it down as much as possible so that we kind of stop the... Uh, sick fish is acting sick i happen to have this medicine or it's what i can find at the fish store or whatever i'm going to use that i don't have a clue what the fish has but it'll make me feel better to treat the fish with it now sometimes that's all you can do and i get it again this is not a finger wag but we have to be aware that anytime we're treating a fish we are putting stress on that fish so medicines that we introduce to fish systems are metabolized by their liver or kidneys, right? So it's like us, if we go out drinking, then we feel pretty hungover sometimes, right? It's, it's because all that is being metabolized by our internal organs and that is rough on those organs. It's a lot of work for them and it can do damage to them. Fish medicines are no different. So when at all possible, let's please do as much as we can, and again, I realize it's not like we have a fish vet around the corner that we can call like we do for a cat or dog, right? But in general, let's try to avoid just dumping any random medicine in when a fish seems sick. Let's really try to at least be able to categorize it a little bit and make an educated guess because we are going to stress the fish by medicating them, right? Now, are there some exceptions to that? Yes, when I import fish, I'll often prophylactically treat them just because I know that if I don't, I can have problems. Does that add stress to the fish? Yes, it can. Um, but if I don't do it, I have repercussions. But, so I'm, but I'm doing it for a specific reason, right? And, and kind of know what the result will be generally using those medicines in the quantities I do. So anyway, just... Just a thought about that when I, I guess that popped into my mind because there's been so many posts I've seen lately on Facebook and things where someone is, what's wrong with my fish? And they post a grainy picture and they say, I've been treating with this. It's like, I don't see anything even remotely connected to the medicine you're treating with. So you're actually, you know, putting stress on your fish and, and the medicine you're using isn't going to treat. I don't know, ick or whatever they have. Um, anyway, off the soapbox. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, I am looking here. It looks like I missed a bunch of stuff that suddenly reappeared. Wow. YouTube Studio is being funny tonight. John's Fish Room. Hey, in Aquarium Co-op, they sell Pogo Stemmons Salatus Octopus. Why does it look different than the Pogo in back of you, different species? Nope, it's probably because of how it's trimmed. Well, okay, so two things. If, if it hasn't converted to underwater yet, it'll look different. But if it has, oh, hang on. I wasn't planning on using this camera, so I didn't, oh, sorry. 
really have it freed up. Let me get it so I can get close to the tank. Sorry, that's got to be... Hope I didn't just give anyone, like, the dizzies. Okay, there we go. So, this looks like that because I trim it a lot. So it becomes this kind of dense hedge, right? This pogo stem is Stilatus octopus. Same plant, actually taken from trimmings of this. Just haven't trimmed it a bunch yet. So it's still growing kind of how you would expect it to normally. As that grows up and I start trimming that as well to match this, I'm going to get this dense green hedge all the way across here. And hopefully the Ludwigia back there grows up in back of it. So we have some red in back and a green hedge in front. But it's just because of how I trimmed it. It's the same species. These are the exact same plant. These were taken from that. They just haven't been trimmed. So just, I don't know, think topiary, I guess. <laughs> and who among us doesn't think topiary? <laughs> Chandra Sakar throwing down $10. Thank you so much. Um, YouTube won't let me scroll further than this. So I see your name and that you threw down 10 bucks, but I don't see your question or comment or sticker or whatever. So if there is one, I will get to that in a bit. 818. Okay, 12 more minutes. We can do this. Let's see here. Guitar, Doc, have you ever gotten a surprise in a shipment that you just couldn't let go? Yeah, I have one right now. Um, I forget the name of it. It's not the Morphotetra, but it looks similar to it. And I, I had two come in randomly as contaminants in a shipment. And I just love them. Um, I think Michael Wentworth told me what they were a few months ago when this came up in a different live stream. And I forgot the name of them. But they look like a Morphotetra, but they're a lot bigger. And um, they're kind of like a bright orange on the fins. Really like them. So I never listed them. I've never really shown them or anything. I just keep them as my pets. Darren says, Atiyah says, you can give away another pair on the next stream. Whew, that sounds awesome. Darren, would you... Um, email me that so it gets in my workflow because my mind when i'm live streaming i'm thinking of like 10 things at once and trying to manage everything so things don't stick in my head actually i can just write a quick note <laughs> another pair pair of darren's rainbows next week Okay, I'll, I'll make that like the, the thumbnail for the live stream next week. Thanks. I really like that fish a lot. Okay. Someone talking about salt being one of the... Oh, there it is. Chandra Sakar. You are the best, Dan. One of the best answers I've heard about the meds. I was experimenting to save some fish from Petco, and I really felt the same too. Oh, well, hey, I'm glad the answer was enough to get $10. <laughs> no, you're welcome. Anytime. And um, just... Just a guy that likes fish talking about him, not a veterinarian or anything like that. But I'm glad that occasionally something I, I say maybe is, is helpful. So do my best. Okay. Sorry, we got we got jumping chats here. Moonus, don't be don't be doing things that get you timed out, man. 
we're uh, we're busy enough that we don't have a lot of time for nonsense. So pretty soon there aren't going to be as many timeouts. It's just going to be like you're out of here for life. So come on, people, come on. We ain't got time for that. Guitar Doc seventy one. Every time you say you are treating a fish prophylactically, I bust a gut. Prophylactic. I'm going to have to look into that. Again, not a vet. Is it something to do with like birth control? Is that why? <laughs> Prophylactically. I think I just got it. Whoops. <laughs> Wait, are you sure? Okay, I know that a prophylactic is birth control. Okay, I got to solve this. But I, I believe... It's also, it's when you're treating something to prevent something, which is the definition of birth control. Okay, this is, this is taking a weird turn, but um, I want to see. Yeah, okay, nope, I'm right. It's fun because there's a double meaning, but it is intended to prevent disease, a medicine or course of action used to prevent disease. Yeah, so that's, I'm good. In, in common parlance, yes, oftentimes people will talk about birth control as a prophylactic, um, which when you think about it is a pretty, when you think about what prophylactic actually means, preventing disease is a pretty horrible way to describe it maybe, but or a not flattering way to describe it. But um, yeah, so prophylactic um, just means preventing disease. But I'm glad, Guitar Doc, that I could... Uh, Give you a good chuckle. Always happy to do that, especially when it's just unintentional and comes out strange, which often does when I'm speaking. <laughs> Holy cow. Kaylor's Aquatics throwing down $50. Bob Kaylor, thank you so much. Love you to death. Appreciate it. Always appreciate it. Never required. But that is going to make Brenda smile like crazy when I tell her. Thank you. And I see another one here. Is this Tiffany White? Tiffany, good to see you. Shout out to all the awesome mods. When my mods do good, I get $5. This, this business model is amazing. <laughs> Tiffany, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Wait. Okay, yeah. I think I didn't miss one, did I? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Atreus kind one seven three one seven three. How long does it take water wisteria to change and grow out underwater? Mine hasn't made much progress, and I don't know how to grow it quickly. Okay, you're talking to a guy who does pretty good with fish. When it comes to plants, I'm bad. I tried water wisteria once, and I managed to kill it, even though it's supposedly one of the more unkillable plants. So I'm probably not the guy to answer your question. I'm sorry. If someone here does know the answer to that, I know there's several plant nerds in here. Would you respond so that Atreus kind gets an answer? Because I feel bad, but I can tell you about Java moss. I can tell you about water spray and Java fern and a couple other things. Duckweed, <laughs> but that's about it. Okay. And Tiffany, I, I agree. The mods are amazing. Um, yeah. Thanks for shouting them out. They deserve it for sure. Okay. All right. 
All right. Yeah, that whole prophylactic thing got the chat going, didn't it? Um, some reason, I feel like my chat is not catching up, so I'm going to, I got to re-pop it out. It's, it's like freezing on me. All kinds of, you know, we went a long time without technical difficulty. Sound's been good. All this stuff has been good, but apparently we were due, and now there's been some issues tonight. But whatever. We're almost done. We're, we've made it. 229 people watching. It's funny how we get more viewers as we get closer to the giveaway at the end. What you don't know, folks, is I already did a giveaway. So um, we already gave away the Java Moss, and now we're going to be giving away a pair of Albino Millennium Rainbow Fish, which is super cool, which, oh, I have to do this. Um, Darren, um, whose name I always butchered the last name, so I, I apologize. But here's the store. Here is Darren's store. Data Yef one. Um, 29 items. So that's pretty good. Here's all the stuff Darren has for sale. I just want to shout him out really quickly since he was kind enough to provide a giveaway today. And we'll be providing another one next week. Look at that. You're getting $30 worth of fish plus shipping on top of that for free because Darren is generous. Yeah. So there's his store. Just a quick, quick plug. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Got to Yef. Oh, oh, it's not F1. It's FL. I can see that now on this page. Got a Yefl. Again, I'm sure I butchered it. I apologize. Totally unintentional. Okay. We have three more minutes. So I'll get one more question. Um, Oh, the wig? Yeah. Well, I trimmed the wig, so um, the wig's gone. Now we've just got, I could, I could do this, and now the sword plant can be my wig. There we go. There we go. Looks like that little lemur in Madagascar now. Um, one more question, and then we will cut it off. Actually, we're, we'll, we'll get too long. We're going to cut it right here. So the giveaway for the rainbow fish is going to happen right now, and the winner is... Rich Lidstrom. Rich, congratulations. You have won a pair of albino rainbow fish um, from Darren. Please respond in the next minute or so. Let us know you're here and uh, you will be the proud winner. <laughs> Thanks for playing. And um, please email me, dan at dancefish.com with your first and last name. Actually, I don't need that because I'll just forward you to Darren. So email me, say, I'm the dude that won the albino millennium rainbow fish and I'll connect you with Darren and he can get your email address or your mailing address and all that and figure all that out. So, so you're still waiting. I am here. Awesome. Rich. Congrats. I think that's awesome. Darren. Thanks again. I, that really is one of the fish that when I walk into a fish store or something, um, I always stop at the tank because they just draw my eye. They're so bright. Again, they're like, they're like sunlight incarnate. They're just so bright and beautiful. So I think that's amazing. Thanks for adding on to tonight's giveaway. Everyone, thanks for being here. To my amazing mods, thank you again. Appreciate you sincerely. Pam, I hope you feel better soon. Um, I hope I get to see you this weekend. But if not, I get it. Take care of yourself. Do what you got to do. Um, Pam's stream is next. That's Punchy Paints. Goes on about nine o'clock. So in about half an hour or so. Um, 
it's a good time, good stories, a good chill way to end the night. So, well, unless she starts going, then it ain't so chill, right? <laughs> anyway, um, thanks to everybody who commented and uh, made this lively. All you lurkers, I'm with you, Lurker Nation, and everyone watching on the replay, thanks again. I'll see you next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and next Friday, hopefully we get that nice big import in, and i got some cool stuff for you in a couple weeks. Anyway, till next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I hope you have a good one. Bye-bye.